you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So that's the, I hope you guys like the theme song. I, I, I paid this Ecuadorian gentleman I met $30,000 to make it, just so I could have the rights for it forever, you yeah, know? You know? It's funny, because like, we waited so long for it to happen, and it really is worth it. It, it was. <laughs> we, we were going to start this three months ago, and I was like, no, I, I want the theme song to be just right. you got to have the right theme song before you get into a podcast. And I was like, uh, I was like um, Senor Abuelito, should we, you know, do you want some uh, instrumentation, or do you want some any orchestration? And he was like... No, no, I want it to be retro. Yes. And yes. so uh, it was. I think it was worth it. It was. It was worth every penny. It was worth every penny. Is his microphone okay? I, th- I think. Go ahead. Has it? Did it receive all my funnies before that moment? <laughs> it got him, but okay. your funnies Not are peaking. As well as these. <laughs> your, your, funny, your funnies should never go into the red. Just green, like right, barely into the red. I like to keep it at maybe with two bars of sound. So this is the essentially the first um, Nerdist branded podcast essentially uh, or is it, well it is it is it's like the no it is the <laughs> yeah. thing um this is funny i was actually when matthew oh matt myra right here mac genius uh is running the podcast uh technologically hi and uh jonah ray is over there on oh. on no ones and twos that i can see at all there's one right here the microphone all right well there's no twos i can't tell if jonah's just ambiently picking up or if that's coming off his microphone can you tell now? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. So he is—he is being yeah, picked up. Good. You better believe it. Well, it was funny when Matt, Matthew and I met at a Starbucks to talk about doing the podcast, and there was a girl who recognized the barista, uh, <laughs> and he recognized. Well, that's what they're called. That's. And he recognized her, and she said, "Yeah, isn't your name Taylor?" And he goes, "Yeah, aren't you Shelly?" And she's like, "Yeah," and they recognize her, and she goes, "Yeah, because." I was all like, I know that guy. 
And I felt like saying, you first of all, you weren't all like you. That's exactly how you were. And you still are presently. And it's funny to me how people don't want to claim responsibility for the present. They want to create this <laughs> time wall of distance so they don't have to commit to anything. Previously, well, four yeah. seconds ago, yeah, it's I was like that. And to be able to do that as soon as you can is, is great. Like, you know, like the same thing was like, someone walks in, it's like, oh, yeah. When you walked in, I was all like, who is this guy? But I think it's, but I think it, I also think it's harder to be judged in the past. And like in the present, you have to take more responsibility for it. That's true. Because if she's like, because she said, oh, if I feel like this now. He could be like, you're dumb now. But in the past, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like that anymore. Like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not committed. through. T- I'm just in a weird time mode because I just got into the David Tennant episodes of Doctor Who. And so everything to me is a weird time stream. Just in case you weren't wondering. Uh, this is how people talk on Super Bowl Sunday who don't understand sports. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and none of us are watching the Super Bowl. I really hope my favorite sports team is winning the match today. Are they going to? (laughs) I really do. I hope. How many points do you think they will acquire? All all the points necessary to win. The maximum number of points? Maximum number of points to win the match. Uh, And I hope uh, that my favorite color scheme is getting rooted for. But in the end, I really hope they all have a fun time. Well, I mean, the important the important thing is that you know when you when you root for a team, you are on that team, so you should take it as importantly uh, as as anything that you would undertake yourself. Unless your favorite team has already lost uh, the matches necessary to get to the big game. Well, then the then they're not my team, and they should get rid of their um, their uh, coaching unit. <laughs> <laughs> they should get rid of their coaching person. Coach five thousand. Their head. <laughs> This computer's uh, not making the greatest plays anymore. I've I'm never. Both my parents are sports fanatics, and I and I, I'm just not. I didn't get. I did not get that gene. I can't. I can't be into something if I feel like I'm not. If I can't participate in it, I don't understand it. Maybe yeah. that's just I had a, I had part a, of my self-centered nature. I had a resentment uh, towards sports uh, growing up, just because like uh, my dad played football, and he never really forced me to get into it. But like uh, you know, society did because of my size. <laughs> It's like every, every, guy. every time I got into a new school, it was always like, uh, are you going to play basketball because you're tall? Are you going to play football? Because My dad didn't force me to get into it. He just withheld food and hugs uh, <laughs> until I said that I wanted to put on a uniform. You know, you can go about two weeks without a hug. Really? So, yeah, scientifically. That's And then after Possibly. two weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, you know this is because Tom's just sitting here and I, I, want, I, want, oh, I want Tom I to be involved. We, I didn't know that we were... I thought we were kind of like pretend there's going to be a grand entrance. I know, here. I know, yeah, I, I know, but I just feel stupid. Like I feel, I feel first stupid, off, I feel stupid with the charade. Like, oh, you're, right, it is pretty weird because yeah. I'm literally just perched right on here. a chair, giggling, <laughs> and you have funny things to say, it. and you should not be really. Um, so let me just quickly introduce first, uh, Tom, Tom Lennon. Tom Lennon is here. Yeah. Do you add sound effects to the to the nerd? We're going to add some no? slide whistle and a little bit of uh, hang hand on, fart. Hang on. And there's going to be eight bit crowd cheering from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. No, what you. <laughs> no, what? Foley is a very important part of any. Oh, you have a fucking slide whistle! Yeah. Oh, amazing! Well, it's great to be here on the Nerdcast, Chris. <laughs> wow. Brought to you by Anthracite Coal, the cleanest burning coal there is. Brought to you by Slippy's Banana Peels. If you're not falling on a Slippy's, you're not funny. All right, you're listening to Tom and the Geek. Just point out that he has two different size slide whistles. No. That's the professional model, <laughs> and then that's just the cheap kids model. That's just shit for kids. They don't. What do they know? That sounds they more don't like know. a cartoon slide whistle than the other one. Okay, by plasmometer. I kind of like oh. that one. Oh, sorry. 
too professional. Oh, it's a little too uh, Juilliard. It's, it's, it's a little Juilliard. It's a little Juilliard too clean. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like I'm here in the I agree. when I hear the second <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. Now, first of all, Tom did not bring uh, two differently tuned slide whistles to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been so great if they thought I did. <laughs> you guys ready? Guess what? <laughs> oh, please talk about slide whistles. Uh we're, we actually came to Tom's house on Super Bowl Sunday because I know yeah. that Tom as well, uh, we've had this conversation. There's a you... very good chance I'll spend the afternoon watching uh, All That Jazz, which is the <laughs> autobiographical film uh, starring Rory Scheider mm-hmm. about Bob Fosse's life, which also has uh, the actual premonition of his own death in it and some great song and dance. My, my <laughs> guess is what we should do is we should, all, we should get some, we should get some uh, drinks and chips yeah. Watch yeah. all that jazz and cheer like a football game. And then people walk it. by and they lean in. Yeah. And they're like, "Who's winning?" And you're like, "Bob Fosse." Yeah. And then they, and then they <laughs> watch the. Bob Fosse's always winning. And then like right after that, we'll do like a pretty woman with some tranny on the street. Yes. We take her to Beverly Hills and buy her forks and knives and show her how they work. And well, stuff. first we let the salespeople treat her mean, <laughs> and then we come back. We say we say we go in first and we say, "Look, we're gonna bring a tranny in here. Be really, really rude." Like. No, I, that was probably what we were gonna do anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then we come. We're gonna come back later. <laughs> And then, and, and then at which point gonna, we'll we'll taught her how a fork works. It's going to be a small victory. <laughs> no, tranny, you don't inject drugs in your arm with a fork. <laughs> no, you, no, you eat you, you eat cob salad with you it. Scoop crack on your fork and jam it into your. Veins. And then we play Walking on Sunshine. That's right. Whoa! <laughs> and then the slide whistle, fucking credits. I mean, as a screenwriter, you really understand story structure. So that's how <laughs> this that, house didn't build itself, Chris. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> Robert McKee was took, it Robert took McKee? a couple of, took a couple of Herbie fully loaded to get this uh, to get stately Dangle Manor. I want the end of the movie to be like uh, it's like uh, like you know the tranny talks to the guy and she's like uh, I thought you didn't love me. He's like well just like you I changed my mind. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to play Walking on Sunshine and I don't think I have it. Walking but it's okay because then you won't have to pay, you won't have to clear it because it's not anything like that. <laughs> okay, about this and I don't I don't mean to make the plot convolute or anything but let's say the tranny is also I love that our afternoon has turned into a movie we're making by the way (laughs) okay so the tranny the tranny is also a a wannabe clown like that's the profession (laughs) and and he's called slide whistle yeah and because because he's a tranny his whistle slides back and forth like it see how it works that's what daddy always called me it's precious it has a lot of meanings daddy always called me slide whistle slide whistle I think I've just introduced it. In my mind, I guess the tranny's a giant black man whose daddy called him Slide Whistle. I thought we were, we were all on the same page with that one. Buying clothes and doing stuff. It's like, so it's like it's kind of like the story of Patches. Pretending that yeah. he's got Patches, uh, Slide Whistle, I know you wants to be a clown. The only thing but I know tr- how to do is, is play. tranny. Oh. Tranny the Slide Whistle. What? Okay, pretty so good. So Pretty Woman 2. Pretty yeah. Woman 2. Uh, I'm going to, with my left hand, uh, text some people at 20th Century Fox and see if we've sold this. That's a great idea. Great. Can you just tweet to them? Just make it fast. Anything? I'll just tweet. Do you think they're doing anything else today Probably on not. Super Bowl Sunday? Um, I, I kn- found out yesterday who's in the Super Bowl. I knew that... You knew. No, I knew I, that, I know who's in now. I knew New Orleans was in it because... Because they've been winning all year. I work with a guy who's from New Orleans and he had a, uh, a New Orleans that city lets the bon temps roule. Yeah. I yeah. think it's pronounced uh, New Orleans. Nolans. Mm-hmm. It's Nolans. Uh, the town where Nicolas Cage this year bought two homes. Oh, really? He was broke. Uh, well, now he is. Now look at the first part of my sentence and then look at what you said. And I'll, I'll, repeat, I'll repeat the first part of the sentence. 
New Orleans is the town where Nicolas Cage bought two homes this year. Ah, that makes a lot more sense. Who do you, why do you need the two homes? One's in the Garden District, which I get, lovely. Right. And one's in the French Quarter. Now, if you've been to New Orleans, and I'm assuming everyone has, the French Quarter and the Garden District are about an 8 to 12 minute walk away from each other. Well, it's not real far. That's when you go downtown to see girls go wild. Uh, yeah. You can take a couple. You'll of be in the quarter. Yeah. And you'll be like, do you like this house or do you want to see another house I have? Or do you want to go to my vacation house that it's almost a 12 minute walk away from this house? <laughs> it's a 12 minute walk. Yeah. You'll probably take more time to drive through New Orleans. Oh, no doubt. Downtown. It's, just, it's uh, one yeah. way and yeah, yeah. confusing. Um, well, Nicholas, Ca- I don't know. Nicholas Cage, he's. Uh, he just fell in love with it during the Port of New Orleans. Now, my question mm-hmm. is this. How do you, when in the press it says mm-hmm. you're broke, how do you walk yeah. into a bank and go, hey, I want to. Hey, want to buy a house? And they're like, sure, I have two. I need, I need a couple mansions here. And they're like, great, <laughs> yeah. great. Do they do credit checks at that point? Or do they I guess they don't do a house? background check. They're just like, oh my God, National Treasure 2. Book sure, of Secrets. Was that what it's called? National Treasure 2. Book, yeah, book that was of... a sequel. That's what they, they called the sequel. It was called National Treasure 2. Yeah. Garden of Wieners. What was it called? Garden of Wieners. Uh, I think it's called Carnival of Slide Whistles, where he <laughs> solves a circus mystery. Guys, all the clues are right here on the circus money. <laughs> And then he breaks apart the slide whistle, and the map's on the, the inside. The map is inside the whole time. And then he's got to roll the slide whistle in clay, and then that, and then he flattens it I out. Was, uh, yeah. I was genuinely disappointed when I oh, went Matt, to see. Oh, Matt, you're here. Yeah, <laughs> when I went to see that, I've been fucking with Jonah's levels since since forever. Dog, don't fuck with my levels. What are you saying about National Treasure Jonah's 2, got Book this of Wieners? Voice, anyway. National Treasure. Monotone. I was very disappointed when I got there, and the line from the trailer: "This dollar bill's trying to tell me something wasn't in the movie." Oh, it wasn't. They cut that. Star bill's trying to tell me something. And I was genuinely pissed off. Now, Tom, you make movies. Uh, yeah. When you do, do you probably have, fully loaded and want to name a few. How much? <laughs> how many? Uh, how much control do you have over? Like, once you turn in your script, and uh, are they like, "Thank you," and then that's Christmas. pretty much it. Uh, very, very little. Uh, because depending Herbie on the movie. fully loaded was really good when you turned it in, right? Uh, Herbie fully loaded was greenlit off of the first draft. If oh. that answers your question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, there were some really interesting things. That was like a sort of a gritty movie about a girl racer in a family of male racers. I'm serious. And then Lindsay Lohan got attached, and then it kept getting uh, weirder and weirder. Uh, they but made then, you take out the rape scenes. Uh, there was some. Well, there's a lot of showering when we found out Lindsay got attached. Um, <laughs> was Herbie the love bug always the car? Uh, no. For a while, we we also for a while were working on something called Unsvalt the death bug as his like nemesis. Our our background for Herbie was that a little boy had died inside of him seeing his mother get murdered also. Oh, and that yes. that's why he was uh, sort of had come to life. That's going to uh, leave yeah. some sort of a spectral stain. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, absolutely, that, spectral stain exactly. Yeah. And then a bunch of douchebags well, on the, the car... channel are going to come in and right. oh fuck their way through. Why the... why is the car driving itself around? It's haunted, obviously, by something. <laughs> yes. I guess yeah. it is. What the fuck or else would kit. that be? Or it's kit. Or it's yeah. Yeah. Or it's kit. Or or it's a brain. Yeah, it's a super brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the, but there wasn't anything in the original Herbie that suggested that it was a super brain. It just he just had a personality. He would love to bump you in the bottom when you were looking uh, when you were doing something funny, or he'd give you, you a little. Don Knotts. You hear Don Knotts? Watch out when you're <laughs> bending over to look at those nuts and bolts because you might get a bump on the there, fanny. There was that sixties. There was like that sixties trend of like anthropomorphizing things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Mr. Limpet, well, that was a turning a man into a fish. Uh, shaggy dog. All shaggy, the shaggy dog. Dogs. There's a lot of, yeah, uh, personification of items and animals. Right. Yeah. What, what do you call that? Personification. Personification. Yeah. Or, or, if, or if it resembles a, a man, you would say anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing, yeah. sure. put a face on What do you call it when it's fish? Pescophomorphize. Pescophomorphizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Notsopomorphizing. Notsopomorphizing. <laughs> When everything turns into John Knotts. I can't do it. Dana Gould has an amazing. Well, what about my too. mother, the car? Wasn't that the dead mother haunted the car? Oh, yeah. Is that true? Oh, yeah. and Mr. Ed, too. 
Mr. Ed, talking Mr. Horse. Ed. Where a guy died in a horse. And those are uh, those. They run those on. Who who here gets? I have no cable TV, which is a life choice here at this house. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. We uh, we don't have cable, but we do have over the air high def, and there is a channel on uh, in LA. Like it's five point one or five, I think it's five point five called This TV. What? Has anybody seen it? Is it some no. crazy pirate here is, signal? Here is not a pirate signal. Here is the mission statement of this TV 5.5 over-the-air uh, HD digital. Show the shittiest movies ever made by human beings. Period. Period. <laughs> End of mission statement. Um, they, you for example, probably buy the rights the, to those on Craigslist. The first <laughs> night I turned it on, I'm, amazing, I'm amazed most of my movies aren't on it every night, but the first night I tuned in, it was called, uh, it was a Richard Lewis Sean Young movie where they had what? to get a dog to Monte Carlo past the evil John Candy uh, called Once Upon a Crime. Oh, yeah. Also with Sybil Shepherd and Jim Belushi. And you can kind of tell like the whole cast is on cocaine like the whole time they're making the film. Well, like, that's a movie yeah. you make to sustain your cocaine habits. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's also like, hey, you want to go to go to Rome with Sean Young for like a summer? Yeah, sure. And yeah, do like sure, a ton sure. of cocaine yeah, and get a doctor. She only seems slightly kooky. Yeah. Let's mm. take her out of the country and uh, load her up on coke and then chew a movie with a dog. Does the dog talk at all? Dog doesn't talk. So they just had to get the dog. They just got to get this boring. damn dog to Monte Carlo. Was the dog yeah. like a purebred belong to it someone? Is. It uh, had like a tiara or something, a jeweled necklace or something. Why didn't they just take the necklace? Wouldn't that be easier to smuggle than a dog? Shit. That story doesn't <laughs> hold up, does it? Damn it. Once Upon a Crime. Where were you Delushy. when they were when they were cracking the story on Once Upon a Crime? To the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my police box? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who. Everything's going to keep going back to wow. Doctor Who for me. It's really good, you guys. Doctor Are Who you watching really the, the updated Doctor Who's? Yes. I didn't see, and they were great, right? It's awesome. Everybody says they're great. I instantly was hooked. Uh, Christopher Eccleston was in the first season. I've never seen that then, guy not be he, intense. And then why did he not do the second season? He just said he felt like he'd finished it, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody why. told... There was some big story about, like, the... Well, as is always, they're changing Doctor Who. What, the story that I'd heard was that he was a little intense to work with, and he probably, like, his character, Doctor Who, is the, the way that they portray yeah. him is very, like, ah, I'm very goofy, and yeah. ah, I'm kooky. Yeah. And it was ne I've never seen Christopher Eccleston play anything other than, yeah. like, uh, sort of tortured. and He's intense. Tortured. Yeah. yeah. And so it, yeah. I, maybe, it just, maybe it just hurt his heart to <laughs> play a lighthearted a person for so long. The but, only Doctor Who I've seen is uh, from that episode of Extras, where Ricky Gervais's character does like a, a bit part in one of the episodes. That's oh, the in the in the new Doctor Who, yeah, that's right. That's in the that was actually in the Extras, I believe, finale because it goes he goes downhill from they show just a short shot of him doing that. Yeah, the slug man. He meets his agent, and the the only options left are monster on Doctor Who, <laughs> <laughs> and then the British version of Big Brother, which yes. is I guess still a big hit over there. Yeah, and he he, he says no to both and then in quick succession they show him as the monster on Doctor Who and, then in the house. and he's like got some weird he like looks like Gumby right he's like yeah this, it's just like a weird gelatinous sort of like he's just a, like he's also not just a monster he's like the crappiest thrown together yeah. slapdash monster they could like do he oozes a bunch of stuff yeah. and gets killed it's really oh. it's great it's funny uh, Big Brother is still a huge hit in uh, England that's why they did a recent uh, zombie miniseries based around the Big Brother house called uh, Dead Set they did? It's, uh, it's, that's a good idea it's amazing it's yeah, basically like a great the whole idea. zombie outbreak happens Outside of the Big Brother house, but they have no really? idea because they're. Is, yeah. is it Big Brother branded? Uh, yeah, it has like, the actual host lady. That's an like, Edgar Edgar Wright worthy idea. Now yeah, that's the yeah. kind of shit that British television does. It's so genius. Like all those Alan Partridge series oh, yeah. that take place at different points in his life. 
yeah. and then ties back to it, like insane. that's we never do stuff like that no, in don't. American television because well, they want like how's that going to go for a hundred episodes is probably the way right yeah like uh, it's like yeah they don't care it's yeah. like they're like six episodes that's great let's make a movie on TV basically right and then they're done yeah forever and, and then it's awesome. perfect it's like a mandala <laughs> are you the British Office only ran you know those thirteen episodes. I think correctly because now we're at like what 150. One, I actually think that we're at exactly a hundred over what the British. I think it's 114. Or is it 150? Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. just so there's such little now to do with those characters. Yeah. That... It's it's neat like because it just makes it easier to like get into a show. It's kind of like you know like when I first heard uh, Guided by Voices, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna go get a Guided by Voices album or two. And then you yeah. see in the record store they have 80 albums, and it's like, yeah. where do you start at that point? How exactly. do you get into no. it? You know, it's just it's time and money. Spent. I always thought that about record albums too. Like, there's the occasional Beastie Boys record. I'm like, hmm, did this need 28, 26 tracks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or would I love it? Would I love like 11 really amazing ones? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like a 10, 11 track album. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I guess that's just kind of short-term thinking. Like, yeah, we made these. Let's just all cram- let's cram them all on here for people. Right. So they Why can- not take two years off and just keep putting records out that were that one record? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Because I, you know, I hear a lot of, I hear like Radiohead bootlegs, and they're playing songs I've never heard. Yeah, and they're old, and I'm yeah. like, well, I wonder why they didn't release these. And maybe it's, yeah. maybe they just kind of go, well, this didn't really fit the, it didn't really fit the theme of the album we were making, yeah. and so we'll just God, chuck I it bet, to the side. As good as their music is, I bet it sucks to be in Radiohead. <laughs> I just feel like there's a lot of unbelievably depressing, like bus rides with each other <laughs> you know where you're all just kind of each one of you is looking out the window and not wanting to talk to the other one and just kind of quietly thinking about killing all the other ones and <laughs> i hope that's not the case tom does seem intense i it, you know my, my, my it doesn't seem like they're having a, a goof over there now they're I, not running around like the monkeys ever no chasing each UCB other around the other night. but yeah, tom, tom, york, tom, tom york? york went to the yeah. ucb to go see a show oh, yeah. see garland's show Oh, really? Platter, sure. Yeah, yeah. How the fuck did anyone stare at the stage with goddamn Tom York sitting in the audience? I don't know. I, 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 I have a, I have a Tom York failure story, and it haunted me for a long time. But I used, to, I worked at K Rock in the nineties, sure. uh, which is a station in Los Angeles. If you aren't listening to this podcast in Los Angeles, Bells, slide whistle of the warden. Good slide whistle to you. Papa always called me slide whistle. <laughs> Well, that's pretty good. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. That was my most Doctor Who-y sort of sound I could make for you. That was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) We have to get to the TARDIS. Strange Brew Brew by Cream? Uh, No, Strange Brew uh, Bob and... uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie's Take Off to the Great White North? Yeah, do the... uh, By Getty Lee? Yeah. (laughs) Not right. Well, no, give me it. Chris, keep talking about what you're talking about. I'm just going to be way in the background practicing that. Are you going to go practice your was <laughs> So, what are, what are you saying? Something intense about your dad, right? Yeah, so it's like, you know, you can't drink your way to love. You can't. No, man, man you got to fucking open up. and. Just, did you get it? <laughs> no. That's close enough. Oh, God, it's harder than it looks. Maybe you should use the G. Use Maybe you should yeah, use the G slide whistle. Yeah, oh, see, but you know what though? That's why closer. that's a professional slide whistle. We found this mouse. By the way, that looks like a pipe bomb. You could not carry that on a plane and be like, "No, it's a slide whistle." I think you just had it. It was, was pretty close. Yeah. Ah, it was yeah. close. It was really close. The slide whistle. I'm going to say probably one of the most difficult instruments to play yeah. because yeah, there's no because the 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 there's no gauge. Yeah, exactly. You know, who's a great musician is that guy who does your theme song. 
Yeah, he was amazing. It's called, what is the word? It goes, it goes Nerdcast, yep. the Nerdist Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's going to have sex with you. It's going to have it's sex with you a couple sex. times. It's going to make sex on you or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't get nervous. Yeah. It's the Nerdist Podcast. We went back and forth for months on the lyrics because we wanted really them tight. to be just right. I wouldn't change them. Well, well, you can't. I mean, if you pay $30,000 for something, you know, you got to... It's, it's set in stone. I mean, we might as well... I don't know if I would have chosen it's going to have sex with you as like the middle part. But you don't whatever. think so? Well, that's called the bridge, Tom. I mean, you're you're a good yeah, movie writer. I guess but, I should know. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't attack. We you call should not attack good songwriting. We call the bridge the second part of Act Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in songs, we just call it the bridge. The bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. just kind of glides you into the third yeah. part. It's pretty good. It's gonna have sex. It's gonna have sex on. I, it's I, it's I gonna have really sex with or on you. I'm not sure. It's you know mainly there is a little bit of a language barrier, but I feel like that yeah. gives it. Is there a box set of that guy that I could get somewhere or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you got to go to Amoeba probably. You have to go to Amoeba, and then they treat you bad first. They make you feel guilty for liking what you like and yeah, then no, and then they'll say yep. as as a former oh, here we employee, go here as comes a former amoeba. employee of amoeba okay here uh, we go people project their own uh like their own worries about what they're buying like so many times every day like you know someone puts their huge thing of cds on the counter and they go <laughs> i know some of this is <laughs> you're probably thinking yep, to yourself i project i project all my own worries on the angry condescending gentleman behind the counter hi how can i help you <laughs> I'm buying this? Yes, because it's music and music is subjective. You probably like a song on there. Oh no. People well, are like people are very worried about that. Cool you would record. sound like an asshole if you said that. <laughs> to me, that's what that's what they would say to me. I went to uh, Amoeba uh for the first time in a, like a year the other day. Um it's really amazing. I bought that stupid they got me with that stupid Beatles re-release box. Oh, they did. They I, got me. They and it's stu- it was stupid, but I they, I was not gonna not get it. But then all the mono, so. when the cashier, lo- I didn't get the mono. I got because like I have my stereos in stereo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like, I also could get it on wax, on play it on the Edison recorder, but I'm not gonna do that. Uh, Paul, come in here. I need you. I need you. <laughs> um, oh, that was Alexander Graham Bell. Sorry, close, close. Yes. Uh, but actually, I did feel like because the quirks are so snooty, I did like you have to get the Beatles new box. It's they keep it behind the counter. So you have to ask for it. And the guy gave me the look of like, if I have to go pick this up and you don't buy it, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, I'll take it. I don't even care. Do, do, do you, when he handed you the box, you should have looked at the baggage and been like, are these guys any good? Like, <laughs> you heard of these guys? You heard of these, you heard these guys? Fun. You heard these guys? So good. Who has seen, and I'm guessing you all have, at the beginning, the beginning animation that opens the game of Beatles Rock Band. Yeah, it's Did amazing. it make you cry? Uh, yes. The, like, it, the I got, I got, really, ch- I got really choked good. up. Yeah, yeah. Do you not get choked up a little bit? You I have not seen it. I've not be, seen it yet. I wanted that to be uh, like a, a, an actual a, cartoon. A movie a that movie. continues forever. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is so forever. beautiful. Yeah, I want to go live in that. Yes. I'd yeah. rather live there than where we live on Earth People Place. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. John Lennon is reportedly one of the meanest people to ever live. Yeah, yeah. You think? Oh. That's, I, yeah. I, I, like, if you, if you look at any of, the, like, the autobiography, well, yeah. not the autobiography, um, the autobiography written in Ouija. Uh, but the, but the biography that was written about him, this is kind of like, yeah, yeah. he was, kind, he was the kind of guy that if, you know, yeah, I can see that. If you were, if, He's confront- if you, you were slow, con- he would call you retarded. Confrontational. He seemed a little yeah. confrontational. Yeah. I imagine He had a really, really, really bad childhood. I would imagine. I believe witnessed his mother's death, right? Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Well, that's supposed to make a supervillain, right? Uh, did he witness I, his mother's death and there was plutonium nearby? Yeah, that's a uh, Did he not witness his mother's death? His mother was run over by a, like a drunk a off-duty bus, cop. Oh, yeah. And no now cop. John Lennon kills serial yeah. killers, right? Yeah. Yep, that's, that's right. He hunts serial killers and he works for the Miami PD. Not, not a bad comic book, The Ghost of John Lennon. Just going around. Someone should out, totally do a killers. John Lennon comic book, I like a supervillain. I read a comic book years ago that was... 
done as though Paul McCartney had died and that whole Paul is dead thing was real. And it was like John Lennon was dealing with the whole God, that thing. Like book Brian, is for nobody. <laughs> yeah, Brian. that's, that's, that's <laughs> the most boring thing. This should be, by the way, that should also be one of the other subplots of Watchmen. <laughs> that's like the perfect other thing. The Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney died. Really died to die. And then like spend like 200 pages on that idea. Yeah, but it was, I remember these panels with like people talking, like they were saying like, why don't the people who really wrote the songs for Paul come forward? And it showed like, Willie Nelson writing Let It Be. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. This is a comic book literally for no one. Where did you find this? Uh, in a comic in book In my own store notebook. In yeah. Cape Cod, like, when wow. I was eight. And it's probably still in that still store. There. Well, I bought it. Oh, you did? There weren't many. You have it? I have it, You yeah. still have it? Yeah, I do. And how does this comic book, like, what's the story? It's the Beatles. So it's a comic book of the Beatles, and then they have this one-off issue. Oh, so it's like Bizarro like, Universe. Yeah, where stuff. Paul it's actually if. did It's a what-if. Yeah. 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 It's a doomsday scenario. They show, like, Brian Epstein going to get the guy that won the Paul McCartney look-alike contest uh. to be Paul. Cause okay, it now I hate it. Anyway. Yeah. Awkward. Now I hate that comic book. Sorry. You just it's it's a very strong possibility I'm related to John Lennon. That is a strong possibility. Very, very strong. There, a... aren't, we're, there aren't that many Lennons, and they're all from the same area, basically. Well, yeah. you know, I don't mean to brag, but I think I might be related to Edward Hardwick, who was in the um, uh, the Sherlock Holmes uh, series in England. Which one? Oh. The one with... Uh, with Jeremy... With uh, Jeremy uh, Brett. Jeremy Brett, yes. It was amazing. I just, over Christmas, when I was really sick and you came over, Matt, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched, like... Back to back in a row because you can on Netflix on demand. Who has that? I do. The best. Roku box. The best. That's why I'm watching Doctor Who. Oh, it's the, the best. best, except for the selection of movies they have. <laughs> it's it's it getting grows, better. It grows yeah, every but day. For TV, yeah, but know. for TV series, it's so much easier to license, and so yeah, you, yeah. you can just get... check back every day because there's always more. Yeah. yeah um, but uh, they have all of the Jeremy Brett. Sherlock Holmeses, and they're great. And I had a fever of about 102, so I was just laying in bed, tripping my balls off. Watching him thinking, God, he's awesome. Are you sure that's just a fever? I mean, your balls should No, they might have come. They actually attached. went off. No, they went off for a are you, little while. Are you okay? Yeah. No, I don't feel great. <laughs> I don't feel great. <laughs> Pepe, Pepe what, what, what would it sound like if your balls came off? <laughs> that's what I thought. Oh. <laughs> that's them rolling down the stairs. <laughs> Toward a clown. Yeah. And no. off to the circus. Yeah. Then they go down the street. This is all stop motion. Ooh, look, an ice cream truck. <laughs> and then they... <laughs> And they pull up to a gas station, and they go fill her up, and then a, and then a guy puts the tank in. They're getting gas, and then they try to start up, but it doesn't start. And it doesn't start. All right, now let me open the hood on this. All right, let me uh, play with the alternator. Okay, I think I got it. Try it again. Great, you're good to go. Thanks for fixing Tom's balls. <laughs> Tom to was mo- twisting the whistle left to right, doing nothing to change the tone. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was me doing. I was like performing the slide whistle. That was him. Some like, of the Hendrix stuff. Not all that. Him stuff. trying to do the whammy bar on Here's the slide the whistle. Jimi Hendrix could have made. He could have played the guitar in a way that made it look easier. But the fact that it looks like he's full of passion and losing in his mind and in a crazy battle, with that's what I hand. try to do. Yeah. That's what I try to do with the slide whistle. To me, it's like the devil has given me the slide whistle and I have to fight it away when I'm playing. Yep. Because I don't, I don't want this devil whistle. The, de- the devil gave you the slide whistle as punishment to everyone else around you. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I'm, the, sol- I'm, I'm yeah. the Salieri slide whistle to your Mozart yeah, yeah, slide yeah, whistle. Yeah. Like, I'm going to throw this in, yeah. the, in the fire mm-hmm. and never love Why? Again. Why, God? Why implant the desire? 
Thank you, Padre. Thank you. How does he do it? Gracias, señor. It's like it's it's like an entire symphony of slide whistle is pre-written in his head, and he's just taking dictation. I worry that kids today haven't seen that movie yet. It's such a what great I consider movie. to be, I think, other than Brazil, which is, I think, the best movie ever made, the other best movie ever made is Amadeus. And how come, like, where the where the fuck did Tom Hulse go? Where the fuck did Tom Hulse go? The greatest awesome. actor, like, ever Amazing of the time. in Parenthood. Amazing, Amazing in, in Amadeus. What did happen? Somebody quick Google. What the fuck happened to Tom Hulse? I don't know. Oh, speaking of Tom's, let me tell my Tom York story while, you're, while someone's Googling okay. Tom Hulse. I'll Google Tom Hulse. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that, Let's all Google Tom Hulse. That, that sounds like some sort of a government directive that's a code for something. Uh, we're Googling Tom Hulse. <laughs> I, uh, I saw uh, Amadeus uh, pretty young because my parents just showed it to me. And I was surprised how much I was into it as a kid. Like how much I liked it and thought it was hilarious. I saw it once like when I was eight. And it's that great. Was there was also that one uh, Christopher Guest, uh, Billy Crystal sketch. Uh, those guys, it's like, what's the thing called? Like, yeah. I remember that. Cause, oh, like, oh, we gained a lot of weight. <laughs> update on Tom Hulse he's gained a lot of weight in the past years um, but like uh, they had the whole thing it's like you see that movie Amadeus Amadeus so, yeah and so uh, I always like call it that now but no one ever remembers that sketch I loved those I loved those characters what's the thing called when you yeah, yeah, 16 pound dumbbell you found running around the rumpus room yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was such a great sketch yeah um, alright so Tom, Tom York story I'm working at K-Rock uh I'm backstage at the Acoustic Christmas one year, which is one of the two yearly concerts that K Rock does. And if you're an on air, if you're an on air, other one, Weenie Roast. If you're an on air person, did that pay off the way you intended? I had no idea what it was, though. I just curious. Weenie Roast is spring, uh, and uh, and uh, Acoustic Christmas is obviously Christmas and not really acoustic. Anyway. so when you when you're on air at K Rock, you get these God badges, and you can go fucking anywhere, and it's awesome. So I'm backstage in the green room, and this the the year is 1996. That's creep, huh? It was just after yeah, it was after creep. Actually, 96 would have been um the well the Benz would have been out at that point. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm a Radiohead nerd. The Benz didn't come out to blah blah blah. All right, fuck it. It's not important for the story. Anyway, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. And they, one of the K-Rock uh, people came up to me and they're like, hey, do you want to interview Radiohead? Jed the Fish was supposed to interview him and he had to go do something else. And I go, sure. So I walk over to Radiohead and I'm like, hey, Radiohead, what do you want to talk about? And Tom York stands up and he just goes, this interview's over. And he just storms off. Oh. He, I guess he was pissed because Jed the Fish blew him off and so they were, it, and they didn't and you want had done. you had said one, the sentence, hi, Radiohead, what do you want to talk something about? Something like that, yeah. And he, uh, he, just, didn't, he just didn't like me. over. He didn't like me and didn't like that the second stringer was coming in to interview. And so I requested Jed the fish. Exactly. I know. Seriously. And so later that night I saw him at the, at the party backstage and I I went up and was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know, I don't know what happened, but I really, I'm sorry. And he didn't even respond. He was just like, yeah, you know, and then, and then walked away and I was like, wow. You remember what I said about riding on the tour bus with these guys? Yes, I know. (laughs) But for years, theory about what Radiohead's like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for for fun. years, you know, like if you have a, a failure voice in your head that whenever you fuck up as like a coach or something, like you'll never achieve anything. In my head, I always heard this interview is over because because of Tom York. Yeah, yeah. and think, still love him. One of the yeah, I think the band. The, one of the only things we differ uh, in as far as stuff we like is that uh, I call Radiohead overrated Dio head. <laughs> yeah, that almost yet. rolled off really smoothly. And then <laughs> overrated radio. Overrated the Dio head. Over radio head. It works. Got, it works though if you see it spelt out. No, I I, I love. <laughs> it. I got yelled at by James Gandolfini. Did you really? Yeah. 
I got actually yelled at. You mean the James same Gianofini. guy who broke the scene in that play with Jeff Daniels in New York where they were doing a live stage show and James Gianofini goes, hey, can we start the scene over? And, no, and, he didn't. And Jeff Daniels goes, well, I guess we're going to now. <laughs> Did that and they had happen? to start it over, yes. That really happened. That really happened. But please tell me your James Gianofini story. That really happened. That really happened. They were doing wow. a play in a li- live show. Play means live. No, no, that's no like post. Nickel, that's like Nicole Williamson stuff. That's and he, like, he just stopped. He was like, oh, can we start the scene again? Start the scene again. And, uh, well, I guess we're going to now. And so they did. That's fantastic. I was sneaking around. Okay. I, we were in Las Vegas for that. You know, <laughs> to they be moved fair, the, I was in his trailer. They stopped doing the, the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival in Aspen, and they started right. doing it in Vegas, which that's was a, one year, right? the biggest bummer of the, yeah. of the history of the world. So right. uh, instead of going to the, the, the gingerbread town of wonderful fun, just fucking Vegas with fucking tits and glitter and sadness. The land so, of regret and, yeah. and, and so, bloody rectums. Gandolfini was there. I was there doing a show with Toby Huss. And then we, my wife and I are walking through the casino and I see James Gandolfini. And I do what any normal person would do. I say, let's follow him. <laughs> see where he's going. So we follow Gandolfini for like a while. I'm lurking in the shadows behind James Gandolfini <laughs> through Caesar's Palace. James Gandolfini is going to meet someone I know very well. My friend Lenny, who I forgot is friends with James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. So I come around the corner. So you think you got an in? I'm lurking behind him like Gollum in the shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he runs into a friend of mine. He's like, Tom, what are you doing lurking back there in the shadows? Blah, blah, blah. Meet Gandolfini. Take the friend away. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I took his friend who didn't have any money. And he was playing Gandolfini. He was playing like $100 hands of blackjack. Mm-hmm. I take the friend away to see a show. In the meantime, he loses Gandolfini, who he's there with. So I've like kidnapped his friend by accident. I've friend-napped him. Okay. And now Gandolfini doesn't have his buddy with him. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I see Gandolfini later and I say, hey, Lenny's looking for you. He's trying to find you. He went to Pure to go find you because I don't want him to be the guy who stole his friend. Sure. Because he's Tony Sprano and I love him. Right. And I said, he went to the nightclub Pure to look for you. And Gandolfini looked at me with the most, with more rage than I've ever seen a living human being have for anyone else. And he said, yes, I know that. It was the most horrifying thing that ever happened to me. And I was trying to tell him where his friend had Are you had sure gone. you were talking to Eddie Bebitone? <laughs> uh, it was, I know it did sound like that. No, that, but That's you can kind of... But then, Okay, then a couple minutes later, he was talking to the concierge at the Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. I go walk down the hall with my wife and I start to almost cry because I've just been yelled at by Tony By Soprano. one of your idols, right? By literally, like, there's no one I could love more who could have yelled at me that would have made me feel worse. Right. Um, then he comes down the hall. Gandolfini's coming behind me and there's no escape route. There's nowhere I can go. And I've just been yelled at by him. And I hear him coming and I see him and he's coming and he's heading straight fucking for me. So I'm like, now he's going to punch me because right. he's so mad. And he comes up and he taps me on the back and he says, you uh, you have a show, right? And I said, yeah, I do, I do a show called Reno 911. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great show. I like that. And then he walks away. Well, that had to make wow. you feel better. Well, here's, yes, but here's what happened. What happened was the concierge who he was yelling at in the at, at Caesars had did not have HBO and had never seen The Sopranos, but was a huge Reno 911 fan. So when I came up to Gandolfini and said, "Your friend's looking for you," and he said, "I'll kill you," right? Um, the guy behind the desk said to Gandolfini, "Hey, you know Lieutenant Dangle? That's so cool." And Gandolfini, and then I talked to the concierge later, and I see apparently what Gandolfini said was, "Yeah, he's a great guy." Really? Yeah. After wow. screaming at me. Literally. Maybe, maybe just a little bit of that uh, 28 Days Later anger chimp blood got in his Holy eye. Holy smoke, does he, he have some of the rage. anger chimp blood? He just got a little he bit got of rage. Sprayed. That's, uh, yeah. maybe that's just, he seems like one of those guys just how he communicates. Like, if you yeah. go over to your friend's house and the dad's like, what are you kids doing? You're like, yeah. why is your dad yelling? Like, nah, that's just how he communicates. It's not, he doesn't, he's not angry. It's just a circumstance. He was this was his the friend. worst celebrity run and the best celebrity run I ever had. This was awesome. I, fairly tipsy, 
at Jerry Lewis's 70th birthday party. Already a good story. Which was at the uh, Hard Rock in New York. or I'm sorry, the Planet Hollywood was still there. Or the Hard Rock. It was one of those two places. I, quite drunk, um, had an opportunity to talk to Helen Mirren, who was standing right in front of me. She seems awesome. And I said, excuse me, Miss Mirren, I just want to tell you that I have had a crush on you since the movie Excalibur. I have just been in love with you ever since then. And I just needed to tell you that. And I'm a little bit drunk. I think she'll say thank you and walk away. She doesn't walk away. She stays right there and talks to me like for a while. So now I like kind of have a three-quarter boner and I'm actually just flirting with Helen Mirren. <laughs> is her hand on your leg or anything? No, her husband is standing about eight feet away. Well. Yeah. But. And? She was really nice. Nothing. I mean, you I didn't ended up just trade talk- info with her or anything? No. I was, well, her husband was right there. Yeah, but still, you know, know. his friends. God, she's a hot 60-year-old woman. She really is. She yes. is. Yeah. yeah, amazing. We all agree on that. I never, yes. I, I'm always afraid to talk to people that, I mean, like, because well, I, because, because, because once in a while doesn't you get work out this well. interview's over. Yeah, yeah, well, but I feel like that happens a lot of the time because, you know, you, you, you build this thing up in your mind like, oh, that's someone I could totally hang out with and I totally, and then. Turns out, no. You meet them and then they, you're as soon as they recognize you as a fan, they kind of just glaze it kills over. It kills it. For, that ha- yeah, that happened yeah. for me with Steve Martin. Total failure story. Because he doesn't want the, the fan conversations. No, he doesn't want the fan conversations. And, and, I've and, heard that about Dylan too, like. I'm sure. The only I'm thing sure. you can't ever talk to him about is like Bob Dylan stuff. But it's weird it not to. It. If you're like, oh hey, mm-hmm. what are you? Uh... Oh, you're a guy. You're a guy from Minnesota who wears hats sometimes. Here, <laughs> what, what are we gonna <laughs> nice fucking talk about? Stash. I like yeah. it. Here, here's an awesome story. Boy, you smoke way too much, old guy from Minnesota. <laughs> friend, friend of mine was at a party and um, they ran. They ran so? out of beer and he goes, yeah. And there was this guy with a beard on the stairs with a cap pulled down and, and this British guy and he goes, oh, I'll, I'll make a beer run. And he looks down and he realizes it's Elvis Costello. And he's like, you're Elvis Costello. You can't make a beer run. He's like, no, it's fucking fun. Nothing else to say to anybody. Yeah. And, and he just seemed like a totally Because cool... he doesn't want to talk about Allison anymore. Yeah. He, he wants to go <laughs> buy beer for people. Yeah. He constantly wants to talk about Radio Radio. It's really weird. That, that is the weird on. thing. I, um, Over a Radiohead. <laughs> I, See, uh, that time it rolled off really nicely. <laughs> I've got to practice it a couple times. My, uh, my, my celebrity story is, is weird because now it's become like he's become a, like an, a friendly acquaintance of mine, which is uh, uh, Weird Is it Al. me? It's oh, weird. It's weird Al. I had the same the experience only, The only Al. one of my friends who's not weird. Yes. Yep. Like he's uh, like an awesomely nice guy, but um, I, uh, I was always a big fan of him and continue to be to this day. Like I never, like a lot of my friends just kind of stopped getting his albums. I continue to, you yep. know, buy everything that came out and be a fan. And um, I, 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 have the, uh, I have the new tracks. Oh, you do? Yeah. Nice. The shit. I, <laughs> premiere, I, got, I got the new stuff. I'm supposed um, to keep them under my hat, so I can't. Um, but they're awesome. I wondered why you were wearing that hat. Is that full of MP3s? MP3s under it. See? I thought it was weird yeah. to wear a derby to a another, podcast. It's like Bartholomew Cubbins. There's another hat underneath this one. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, look what's under there. It's like Tom hats and slide whistles. <laughs> and then there's a little mouse under this one. <laughs> you are like a nesting doll of awesomeness. So uh, you're... Oh. I was at, I was working at Amoeba and like I, I saw him and I remember I blew it the first time I could have said hi to him. <laughs> is that a Michael Jordan nesting doll? I bet this. Uh, I hope it's the. Rest I bet this nesting the, doll joke is gonna I go hope great. It's the rest over. of the '96 Bulls. <laughs> it looks like Scottie Pippen comes out. Oh my god! <laughs> is that who that is? Yes. And then who's inside Scottie Pippen? Is Dennis Rodman? Uh, oh, where's wow. Horace? I'm not sure this is what the Russians had in mind when they created nesting dolls. (laughs) These were purchased in Moscow. Steve Kerr? Yeah. Oh my god. That's just... Wow. That's great. I had a a Big Lebowski uh, Russian doll that came with, uh, you know, the uh, special edition VHS copy. 
Well, I want to hear the rest of your Weird Al story. Oh, well, like, uh, you know, I, I saw him perform a song with uh, Ben Folds at, like, uh, the Ben Folds um, album release show at uh, All Star Lanes in Eagle Rock. I remember that place when it was cool. Yeah. It's still, they still have good shows there. Still good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I, I kind of blew it because like you know, like I just moved to LA and I was like I can't talk I'm like I just couldn't I was overwhelmed so I was working at Amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Tom recalibrating his nesting dolls to make that's sure the, no, the, the tiniest the slide whistle. On the image. I was working at Amoeba and he um, he's there selling like a, just like a stack of CDs probably just all promo stuff and like uh, I go like all right I'm gonna take my break I'm gonna try and talk to him and then like uh, I I go up to him. And uh, I just, I blow it the first thing out of my mouth. It's like, instead of going, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, Al or something like that, I just say, Mr. Yankovic. And then like, I just cringe and he turns around. I go, and then and just go for broke. I go, I'm a really big fan. And I still am. And I do comedy now. And it's kind of because of you. But like, it just went off and I started talking about Frank's 2000 inch TV, which is oh, like, yeah, sure. like my it's favorite Weird Al song. It's great. And like, it's off of Alpalooza. Yeah. Um, but like, it's just like, I got, I still put that on mixes sometimes and blah, blah, blah. I just want a really big fan. He's like, Hey, thanks. This is my wife. I was like, hi. Anyway. And then like, <laughs> uh, I was like, I work here, but I got to go. I'll see you around maybe. And then just walked away before he can even say bye. The bummer part is that when you get all excited like that, it's, you know, because of the way our brains are formed, it's the, all those higher brain functions get taken over by that lizard's brainstem. <laughs> and so you're trying to express all of these things that you would like to explain eloquently yeah. in one uh, ejaculate of fear yeah. and nervousness. And so, but they, he understands. I had the same yeah. thing with Al. I met him in 96 like, and, uh, and he knew who I was because I was doing the singled out dating show at the time. Don't get excited, everyone. I know it's me. <laughs> and, uh, and you're probably feeling that nervousness right now. The single out guy. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I held the slide whistle up to my lips. I prepped down. it, but I didn't go. I just, I just like to have it. I like to be ready. I just like to know it's there. I just want a general next time execute slide whistle. <laughs> oh, he's not gonna do it. No, nope, not gonna, do, gonna it. do it. So much anticipation. Um, and yeah, I had, so I had the same thing with him, and then didn't see him again for years until you started bringing him to UCB Al? shows. Yeah. And, We're pretty close. And we got to be yeah. friends again after yeah. that. And he's literally one of the nicest guys. Yeah. It's weird because I never thought like the first person that would come visit my newborn son in the hospital would be Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> like, I never knew that that would be what my life would turn into. But he's yeah. like, he, he, he and his whole family, they're just about the coolest people. And, it, and it's amazing. Nice. And it's amazing that, you know, someone, because he really was responsible for, you know, when I was a kid and, and I bought Eat It. Just to, to, to I, my, the second I started listening to that album, I just felt my comedy horizons open. Like, you can do this? Yeah. Like, it yeah. just completely changed my young mind. I was and, listening to the essential Weird Al, which we, the recording which we hosted, and another one, I was holding my son when, I, when my son, who's a baby now, first heard another one rides the bus. And I actually, I got a little bit choked up. It's pretty. It's it was pretty really weird. Deal. But I was standing in my kitchen. I, it was the first time I was like, I'm like a dad now because I'm playing him old timey comedy records. And if yeah. you go to his show now, you see people bringing their kids oh, yeah. and like passing on yep. the. Yeah, it's really I, the first time I heard another one rides a bus, I was actually riding on a bus, and it blew my mind because I felt like the song was inside my life. <laughs> I couldn't, I could not understand how it could be so perfect. Yeah. And UHF, very underrated comedy uh, from that time. I, oh, I just, yeah. just watched it two days ago. It holds up. I love it. It's like it's the it's the smartest way to do like uh, you know sketches like like sketch parody of TV shows. Does anyone is anyone doing like you know like Kentucky Fried they Movie are. or do they the do sketch, are doing sketch one right based now. movies? Oh, they are. Well, well they keep doing them and they they tend to fail. So it's really a tricky business. But they fail because they're terrible. Like 
like I love the guys at the Onion and they're really great dudes and I wrote something for the all every time the Onion does something I write something for one of the books but the Onion movie was like have you seen it no check it out <laughs> uh, if you wonder why they don't make more sketch compilation movies check out the Onion movie sounded well, like a dare which is amazing will... because you know Onion News Network the, the, is amazing is yeah. like the or most doing brilliant the hobo murder uh, bill that's being read on the floor of the Senate have you ever seen, have you seen that one that was no. the senator reading about how he murdered a hobo and the bloodlust and how he saw himself covered in blood article 2 and then I said I've never felt so alive sub paragraph 1 I washed the hobo's blood it's incredible you gotta see it yeah the actors they get for those They're things amazing. are incredible yeah. it's, it's like it's they do something that no one else seems to do it's like Everyone gets like someone from the comedy community to act yeah. in these things where they actually go and cast actual like real actors. And oh, do just... you see Obama uh, redoes his uh, campaign goals no. after meeting the American people? <laughs> uh, it's just about like instead of like like hybrid technology and factories with American jobs, let's try to walk to the liquor store. Is like is like is like he has come up with a new, whole new thing of campaigns, and it's being read by like an Obama like spokesman, and it's just perfectly played. Nice. They do a good job, but their 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 sketch movie was terrible. What's the one? Is it Kentucky Fried Movie? No. What's the other? Uh, Amazon Amazon one, Amazon one, one in the Moon. Yeah. That's the one with the Playboy Playmates, Life of the Playmate. We always used to get boners and watch that as a kid. Uh, she spends her whole day naked. Remember, I it's th- like the second sketch. I think it's so. Got, I don't remember Amazon Women as much. I, I it's also Kentucky got David Allen Greer as the whitest black man who's ever lived. Right? Was that Amazon Women? Or is that? Oh, maybe it was. That is Amazon Women on the Moon, isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember Amazon. We'll Women take your as calls well. right. Take your calls on this right now. So, oh, go ahead. Phones are ringing off the hook. You're gonna have to a have a time machine. <laughs> if one of our phones rings right now, how fucking awesome would that be? If you have it's a time machine, David just get Tennant. here right tell now. Us just get, no, just get here. Just tell get us right here. now. Yeah. Or just call us. Just pull up right now. If you're a specter in this room, <laughs> oh, you know what the bummer is? My phone's inside the house. It's oh, what if it's ringing? It's, it's probably, probably ringing. You wouldn't even know. This is when we learned that Weird Al has a time machine. <laughs> keep, keep, keep in mind, he looks amazing. He looks yeah. incredible. Something's up. Yeah. Vegetarian for a while, though, right? For 13 He's, years at least. Yeah. yeah it's like the, I just read a story yeah. about a guy who was 100. He was about to turn 105. He used to be a strong man in the like on the New Jersey pier. Yeah. Mm. And he could still bend quarters with his hands. And he was incredibly lucid at 104. was about to turn 105. I got hit by a car. That's no. how he died. Yep. Wow. That's how he died. Wow. Got hit. They, like they lit, wow. That's how he had to be taken out. Yeah. Like he yeah. was bending quarters, and he was always like, "I'm sorry, I used to be able to bend dimes." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he was taken out by, but he was taken out by a technology that didn't exist when he was born. That's true. Yeah. So it's kind of fitting. It's fitting. Yeah. I feel like God that's a didn't good way know that to, there'd be. Yeah. That's could, a good way to get taken out. He by could technology. fight bears and cougars and things like that. Yeah. Right. But the car, you yeah. lose. You lose. You, you always lose. He tried, when he was he 85, he could have taken on the car. Sure. At 104, you're just too frail at that point are you what are you working on now Tom Lennon are you working on anything uh, we're working on a pilot for NBC called The Strip you got a sweet ass deal I read about it in one of those fancy Hollywood magazines Boppo uh, uh, that's yeah. a term it's, right? uh, the big Bopper magazine it's very exciting so we shoot it uh, in April with uh, Beth McCarthy's directing it who directs 30 Rock yeah I know and I know Beth McCarthy uh, 10 years of SNL and she's just awesome so she actually directed the pilot of Reno 911 too you know Beth used to work file. at MTV she a lot of people she did worked at MTV everything. she did tons of unplugs and things she just she was like the master of live television mm-hmm. so uh, it is set in Las Vegas it's called The Strip set in Las Vegas set in North Las Vegas which is the residential <laughs> yes. the, res- the residential side yeah, yeah, where yeah. there is no far far away it's so it's set, it's set at a, a disgusting restaurant in a strip mall on the other side of Las Vegas where people live <laughs> you know it's funny because to me like when you see The Strip I, I, you kind of feel like 
ah, Vegas is gross but shiny, and yeah. then you get yeah. a block off the strip, and it's you're it's you're in a trailer park. Well, Orange County. <laughs> people want this is our second show that we're working on set in the state of Nevada, yeah. which we're sort of just obsessed with. I'm, I think I'm obsessed with the state of Nevada, and I think when are you going to go to Pahrump or Needles? Yeah, uh, or Searchlight is next. Searchlight, um, but I think Nevada's so interesting because humans without air conditioning, humans could not live there. Right. Yeah. Like, we would not survive. So it's <laughs> a, identical to the surface of Mars. <laughs> yeah, it which is. Which is, we could not survive. Without special equipment and technology to keep us alive there, we will not live there. It really is That's like, why it I really love is like it. if someone said, uh, we're going to go set up a, a, a circus midway in the Gobi Desert. Yeah. Like, really? Like, why well, would we you? Can't, we can't live there. Well, we can bring a bunch of stuff that will keep yeah. us alive. There's a dome above yeah. the entire town. In the old yeah. days, they would have had elephants blow with their trunks to, into <laughs> yeah. vats of water that would cool and condense in my the pa- air. My parents lived in South Lake Tahoe for a bit, so I spent a lot of time in Reno. Oh, right on the Carson coast there. City. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's it's incredible like how desolate and depressing. Carson City is their capital. It is one of the smallest, dumbest cities I've ever seen in my life. It was it's, probably you probably, go through Carson's faster than you'd be very surprised. It was probably yeah. happening like in the late nineteenth century. Like Carson City, we're on the way up. Yeah, you know Carson City. Um, <sighs> I celebrates Halloween. The city of Reno one time. Carson City celebrates Halloween the day after because uh, October thirty first is Nevada Day. Right. What? And so they uh, they make the town celebrate Halloween. That's where on, everyone dresses up like on, sand, on and then you go and, get, and people sand give sand. you rocks. Yeah, yeah exactly. I had to apologize to Reno because in GQ magazine I accidentally called them a disgusting trash pit. That's Sparks. <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> it was. I was kidding. It was a total joke. They should know you're kidding. It was though. a total joke. I was Grand Marshal of the University of Nevada Reno Homecoming Parade. That's as, so, as yourself, the, the, we've, Dangle. Uh, as Dangle. Nice. Yeah. Do people uh, recognize you as Dangle? Not very much. Not less and less, especially with the brown hair. Less and less. Right. Yeah. Occasionally, you, if you yeah. had, like, you know, if you had the costume on, obviously they'd recognize you. Oh, but... for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's but, a woman yeah. with a baby in your yard. If that woman doesn't shut that baby up. <laughs> Whose baby is that? I don't know. The lady with the baby. Yo, man, that, that woman with that baby's getting closer, man. She's hey, coming in. Let's let's see if the baby will say funny stuff on Did the podcast. Did you bolt the doors? <laughs> that baby's pretty good friends with Weird Al. Hey. <laughs> Here come a baby. Not even wearing clothes, that big. What are we on time-wise so far? Uh, 52. Oh, we are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll probably wrap it up soon. 52 minutes, that means back to their baby o'clock. Get that baby in here. <laughs> I wonder, did the, did the guy who wrote your uh, your intro song write you an outro song? <laughs> I, um, we'll have to check. I, check through the files. Let me, let me just dig through the archives to see if I... Uh, if I uh, uh, hang on, mm-hmm. all right. Stretch, stretch. It's gonna Tom? take a minute to find it. I bet. Does that yeah. mean stretch? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna take. A, well, I don't understand, Tom. What are those hand signals you're doing? Why are you? Oh, oh. So, <laughs> what do you like about things? All of them, but not sometimes. Mostly all the time. Sometimes I, but then other times. I like oh. to do it as a treat. A treat? Yeah. Yeah. Just every once in a while. <laughs> you going to any Dave Matthews concerts this weekend, Matthew? Uh, August 23rd, Hollywood Bowl. Oh, how are you going to wait big, that long? Are you a big Dave Matthews fan? He is a, uh, he's a freaking huh. Dave Man- Matthews vampire. I've seen Dave Matthews huh. more than you've seen Morris. Dave Matthews is his is his who's head Dave? vampire. <laughs> I guess you know, still me. Uh, the one of the <laughs> biggest cover bands, one of the highest money-making cover bands in the South is uh, DMBCB, uh, Dave Matthews Band cover band. 
Is oh, it real? I, like I, I like I did like a small like little tour in the south once, and it's <laughs> when, like, like all the guys are saying. When, usually, we make a lot of money when we have DMBCB coming. When uh, Chris said, uh, "Oh, we could talk about how you like the Dave Matthews band so much," Jonah looked at me like I had terminal cancer. Yeah, <laughs> which you will get if you keep on listening to Dave Matthews band. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, here's another 45 minute jam song. I'm not a I'm not a snob when it comes to music me, for the most part. Mike Showalter and Mike Black were down in North Carolina, like. 14 years ago yeah. like during some state tour and we were in some bar and it was really super crowded and it was like Dave Matthews Band is playing tonight and we never shut up and stood in the back and talked just being dicks the whole time and never listened to the band <laughs> and if we said anything about them we just cracked jokes about how much they suck and did, ever, did everyone get upset and then, about and that? and then years later I realized oh that was the Dave Matthews Band that we were oh you didn't realize that never, never knew no because we were just being assholes who is this jam band yeah Oh, I found I found the song. Let you me, found uh, it. Me, well, before we do the outro uh, music, does anyone have anything they want to promote that's coming up? I don't think we can because when when is this going up? It'll hopefully it'll go up soon. We'll just promote it, and then if it's passed, then it's passed. I don't. We got our premiere coming up. Web mm, soup. Yeah, I'm doing uh, the state on MTV from 1992 <laughs> through 95. <laughs> that I mean, some of this stuff is passed. Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> so people can catch that in in 1992 uh, again. Okay, for the time machine crowd. So the state, it's a political show. All of the mid-90s, I'm doing like a goofy... It's like a hearty-heart, goof, goof, goofy jamboree. I wish you would do some type of Viva Variety kind of oh, show. Oh, that be great? Next year at uh, Sketchfest. You want to do that? Why don't we do a live... Uh, <laughs> live Viva Variety. <laughs> yeah. That'd be Done. awesome. You know the people there, I believe. Um, I want to play a character called Johnny Blue Jeans. Perfect. Can oh, I my God. That? Would that be great? But we don't have... <laughs> I wanna, we, we invite Black, but we let you play Johnny Blue Jeans. <laughs> I want to play an actor like, hey, named Kerry King. Hey, hey, Black, maybe you can you can just introduce the show. and then, uh, I want to yeah. give him a reason to be more awkward around me. <laughs> but, he can't help it. He's just like that. No, I love, I love Mike. Yeah. He, um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm Sounds like he's it. tuning up. I, do, I do you find that? Matt, careful with that, please. I'm sorry. I just hit the button. I want, to get Mike, I want to get Mike on the show, actually, at some point, if he'll do it. Sure he will. I don't, know, I don't know if he will. He's a very sweet guy. He is a sweet guy. He emailed me once, and he was like, It hey. just doesn't come off in the way he acts. <laughs> Or thinks or cares. Yeah, or the things he says. <laughs> but he really is. <laughs> He's just one of those super smart guys that, that, that yeah. you know, you're like, I don't know. Do you hate me right now? Mike Are you Black judging I, me? Mike Black and I at our old house were having a conversation. He was in LA for the day and we sat down to like talk on the porch. This was one of the weirdest things that's ever happened. And a pigeon fell from the sky and died in between our feet. Like, we both sat down and said, hey, how have you been? Two, one 1,000, two 1,000, bird falls dead from the well, sky. Well, you get up and leave us. at that point because nothing's going to top that. It was a pretty weird sign. It was not quite dead. It was 90% dead. That's grounds to end a friendship. I think that's what the gods are saying. There. It felt pretty, it was pretty wow. weird. Yeah. Is that when Mike just reached down and twisted its head? <laughs> <laughs> tell, Jesus, you, tell Jesus I said, what's up? <laughs> well, um, yeah, so our web soup premiere is March 3rd, uh, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Uh, on G4. And I don't know when, if, if this gets up before February 13th, I'm performing in Austin, Texas at La Zona Rosa. Ooh. You can go see that. We have San Francisco. In It'll San Francisco. Joan and I are going to be in San Francisco at the Punchline in the, in, on the 23rd or the 27th. Second story. That's the second story place. It's up on the second story up there. It's in the second story yeah. of the business district, which is it's a, right in the Embarcadero. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. It is weird. But it's a nice club, actually. Great, it's, yeah. my, it's a great club. I like it. Yeah, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal club. Um, are you uh, are you doing any live shows? Uh, no, I'm uh, raising a baby. 
and working on a sitcom. If you ever not, get to see not t- in that order, obviously. if you ever get to see Tom Lennon live, you should see Tom Lennon live. He does. You do do stuff sometimes. We've done a couple shows. Oh, we've together. done a couple shows. Yeah, I open. I didn't open for you. I did a set before. You did a set you before at, me. Uh, yeah, improv. that was a great, great show. That was a great show. The Largo show. Anytime, happy to do that. Those that Largo show you did was awesome. That was a really fun show. Some good folks. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you for being on our inaugural Nerdist podcast, and in utter defiance, I mean, literally just spreading our assholes at sports. It's our it's our Super Bowl special first show, spectacular. Yeah, and hopefully we'll do these weekly. Uh, Matthew, did you yes. were you able to find? I got it right here. Let's just say the word. Oh. That's it. That's the guy. This is the outro music. It's guys. It's going to be even better than the intro music. I promise. And if that's even possible. Well, he had, when I brought him up here from Ecuador, he had never seen snow, and oh. so he just wrote about uh, winter stuff. Yeah, we should make nervous scars now. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we'll uh, let's do it next time. Yeah, doesn't the outro usually constitute That's the end of a show? Probably. Oh wait, I don't know. Does it? Nah. This is the first one, so I don't know how this works. You know Tom, what's weird is order a pizza. I've never seen I've never seen Tom or Los Abuelitos in the same room together. Hey guys, what, no, I mean, it's what did I miss? <laughs> Tom, you went away. You what? missed the oh, end. You missed sorry, the intro. I was just out, uh, it was so good. I was just out rolling out some pizza dough. It's just a file. We could play it again exactly. <laughs> you just, just have to hit this button. You really got to put some slide whistle into that that song. Oh, uh, just overdub it. One, one slide whistle to go? take us out. Yeah. <laughs> and he nailed it for the end. The end. Now leaving nerdist.com. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of skinny pop popcorn. Imagine this perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, 
If you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.